This just in from the Global Lithium Podcast Research Division. According to the fine folks at Mythbusters, a duck's quack does echo. When examined by an audio expert, it was found that the echo was, quote, swallowed, unquote, by the original quack due to the very similar acoustic structure between the quack and the echo. Because of this, it may be difficult to tell where the quack ends and the echo begins. The best, the worst, the first. 15, that the lithium market was showing signs of, of movement. Um, a lot of people were talking about EVs and the potential of EVs. This was in early 2015. As many members of the lithium community know, I did a crowdfund for a short film that I wrote and directed. And even a little bit about our culture too. Like I feel that's an important element to be sharing with, with people outside the company. And, and yes, that is a deliberate strategy. Um, You're listening to the Global Lithium Podcast. Uh, hey, Joe. Hey, Emily. You ready? I am ready. All right. Let's enter the lithium matrix. Let's enter the lithium matrix. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Good afternoon and welcome to another episode of the Global Lithium Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Emily Hirsch. And I'm the other co-host, Joe Lowry, and we're here today in lovely Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, it is the end of a very exciting lithium week, and so we thought it could be a fun idea to just have a quick Joe and Emily breakdown of what we learned here in Australia you ready to do that, Joe? I am absolutely ready to do that. Well, then let's jump right in. The Matrix is a system, Neil. That system is our enemy. When you're inside, you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters. We encountered each other in Sydney. I had a series of meetings with some people in the, both the financial and the legal world. Then we... And I had a long lunch with my friend Alex you Rubin. Did, you did indeed. And then we got to hang out with a constant friend of the podcast, one Mr. At Simvest. Mr. At Simvest also did a, a very great service to Emily Hirsch by sending yet another lost cell phone yeah, it was, back and, to its owner. No, and I, you know, I, I, after spending my month in China, I had all my pictures on my phone and I left my phone at a bar that was closed on the weekend and Chris kindly put that in a box and mailed it to me here in Melbourne. So, so thanks, Chris. Thank you, Mr. Simpson. Um, after that, Joe, we headed over to Perth where uh, you gave two presentations and participated in a panel on the lithium market. And we also caught up with a lot of different stakeholders in the industry around town, different venues. So it was it was a very interesting few days in Perth, and then we won our way to Melbourne. Well, Joe, let's let's not forget that we encountered one of the architects of the Lithium Valley and impromptu recorded a podcast with her. So that's going to be coming up, I think. It'll be coming up in, in order. We, I mean, let's not forget the other two we did with, with Ken and Dale from Pilbara and with our good friend and friend of the podcast, Cam Henry from Primero. Yeah, and then we finally 
came over here to Melbourne, did a little bit of a private fireside chat on lithium with a few interested parties. And caught up with some other stakeholders who will go unnamed, but interested parties who uh, wanted to talk lithium. We also met uh, Daniel Jewell at the CSIRO and possibly a future podcast guest to talk about solid state with us, Joe. And he came to our event bearing swag in a very shrewd move, proving that, that, you know... Chivalry is not dead. (laughs) Chivalry is not dead. And then he basically hung, hung with the crew for quite a while. He did indeed. He did indeed. So thank you, Daniel. That was fun, and we look forward to seeing you in the future. Inside the Matrix, they are everyone, and they are no one. We have survived by hiding from them, by running from them. But they are the gatekeepers. One of the the questions I wanted to ask you after your week here in Australia is, what are some of the myths that you think that the industry still has wrong, and how do you think your efforts to dispel those myths was received? Well, I think the... The biggest myth, obviously, is this long-term massive oversupply, uh, a.k.a. tsunami of supply, that that story doesn't go away. And honestly, I do not feel I am winning the war in combating it because I just think people want a very simple narrative and lack of nuance is is a real is a real barrier uh, to dispelling the oversupply myth plus I mean 2019 is almost a as, as Chris Berry likes to say it's you know we're kind of at the end of the beginning and you know when we look out to the next five to six years we have massive growth you know most almost every party agrees on that but the fact that there's a lot of new mine capacity coming on in 2019. But Joe, with that, with that new mine capacity coming on in 2019, what what do you think is is or what struck you about the conclusions that that people were willing to draw from that? Well, I I think the the obvious conclusion, if you want just a simple narrative, is that all those LCEs become lithium chemicals in some sort of magical fashion in in China, where the people that are Stating these massive new numbers can't tell you where the conversion is taking place. So, I mean, that's that's the big gap right now. But, I mean, to take the other side for a minute, the China, quote-unquote, spot price has come down. Obviously, the major player's price globally has come down. But I've been calling for that for almost three years when I talked about the new normal. And that's that's one of the things that I tried to make clear that this year that, hey, I've expected 12 to $14 carbonate price for some time. And, you know, it's cost curve driven. And we're, we're seeing the things that I have been saying have largely come to pass. I mean, where I differ with the, the Morgan Stanleys of the world is I don't think it's going to drop through 10 and, and wind up at seven in a year or two. It's not seven, Joe. It's seven. 7,223 maybe. Uh, yeah. Let's not be crazy. Not seven. Yeah. I mean, when you have a proprietary model, you get very specific numbers. Well, Joe, I think, I think that, um, do you feel like you've had success in explaining or in, in, in helping people see that there's a difference between the spodumene market and the lithium chemicals market? Well, I'm, I'm playing the long game in, in lithium. And so I, I look for points of light and I, you know, I think, you know, 
many people here heard what I had to say. Oftentimes, though, it's it's like a you know a, a Chinese restaurant menu, and they want two from the left hand column and one from the right, and they you know they pick and choose what what supports their thesis, and yeah, so I I mean I feel good about coming here because I learn a lot every time I come here. And I, I feel good that I, I made I made a reasonable case. But you know what? I'm willing to wait until twenty twenty or twenty twenty one to be right. I mean people don't have to people don't have to agree with me now. They can they can come back later and say, Hey, yeah, that is what you said. So I mean and, and I'm gonna be wrong. You know, this this is a this is not a um a single event here. I mean, we're talking about a long-term structural change. There'll be fits and starts. The lithium supply chain, the battery supply chain is very complicated. Different areas get ahead of it, ahead of themselves, battery capacity, cathode, and, you know, lithium, it's not going to be a a smooth upward line. It's going to be lumpy, and, you know, everybody will take whatever fact that, that they can draw out in isolation and support their own cases, and let's let's just... Play the long game and see how it goes. See how the see how the dice fall or the chips fall. Right now we're inside a computer program. Is it really so hard to believe? Your clothes are different. The plugs in your arms and head are gone. Your hair has changed. Um, Joe, I th- I found actually one of the most interesting um, points was the sort of yeah the lack of understanding of how conversion is happening in China. Who's going to convert this spodumene into lithium chemicals? And and I found it very curious that when people, you know, you have a deep knowledge of the lithium supply chain into Asia. And when we were at a number of different meetings and at these events, um, someone would ask you a question about the conversion capacity. And then rather than waiting for you to answer, would come in and, and make their own statement and then ask you if it's true or false. And it, it seemed like there was this real desire or people really would like you to be able to simplify something that is by its nature quite complex. And that's really what I always refuse to do. I, I, I have to say, you know, lithium is a small industry by any measure, but it's a complicated one. And you have to do the work, do the work to understand it. And that's, that's kind of my message to people is that this is a complex industry, and you know one of the things that I you know I learned here is that Western Australia wants to simplify things, and they want to look at it from a mining perspective. Hey, Joe, did you know that this is just what happened in iron ore? Yes, I mean that. Uh, how many times did we hear this is just like iron ore? It's not like iron ore, and in lithium, there's a mining component to part of the lithium supply. And that's all. I mean, this is a chemical business in its very nature, and it's very hard. In in Western Australia, they like to talk about mining. They like mining analogies. And it's very hard to kind of, you know, break that logic. You know, one of the nice things about this week was, you know, one of the, the conference I spoke at was, you know, Lat Am down under. So you had, the, you had the brine guys from South America, and you had the hard rock guys here. Um but I think, you know, honestly, each side needs to appreciate the value and the nuances of the other side. And I don't see that happening now. I think the Brian guys want to think in the Brian universe. And, and this isn't, I'm not talking about the biggest suppliers who are more sophisticated and who understand it well. But that's, 
honestly, if my message to the, the pe- good people of WA is, is that this, the industry in WA, lithium industry needs to mature. And I don't see that happening very fast in terms of their understanding. I think one of the great things about having Ken Brinson on again is he gets it. But a lot of other people here don't get it. And that's still our ongoing mission at the Global Lithium Podcast. I mean, it's, we're a mission-driven organization here, Joe. If you're talking about what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste and see, then real is simply electrical signals interpreted by your brain. The, the other sort of talking point uh, that we were repeatedly asked to comment on was the, the West Farmers Kidman deal. Care to expound? Well, I, I think, you know, how many times, how many meetings were we in where there wasn't, there was this idea that, oh, it's not over yet. And maybe somebody will come in over, over West Farmer's head. It's called coming in over the top. Over Joe. the top. That's okay. The, over the top. That's the lingo. Uh, and, and they're I, not talking about trench warfare. And I one. think the idea that, that, that is not a great value for Kidman and somebody will come in over the top is in and of itself an over the top idea. It is. There was actually, there's two uh, characteristics of the conversations about that deal I wanted to imply. You know, everybody implied to us that somebody, you know, this, this vague somebody was going to come in over the top of um, of Kidman on, or excuse me, of West Farmers buying that, that from Kidman. The, the thing is, when I asked, okay, who do you think it could possibly be, right? Because it's not cheap. And the, and to, to up the ante on that is even less cheap still. So, the, you know, everyone said, well, China. Let's say China. In China is... China. China. Isn't just, isn't, there's no company called China, right? It's... China. There's many, there may be one, there, but I mean, <laughs> we, we don't know who's behind it. Yeah, it's a great point. I mean, I think the, the whole narrative here is when, when anybody doesn't have facts, they just say, well, China will do it. China. 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 And, uh, you know, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be either of the two big China players that, that are going to come in and try to take that, that deal out. Because, you know what, I mean, one thing I know about Gangfen is Gangfen does a great job of buying low and coming over the top here would not be buying low. Yeah, it'll be outside I, of that. I think Tianchi's already got their hands full in, in WA, so let's let's root them out. And I, I don't see anybody else coming from China. So the more interesting thing to me about West Farmers is, is this is a huge company and if they're going to get into the lithium space, and hey, shout out to you West Farmers people if you listen to the podcast, I got a piece of advice for you guys. If you are serious about the lithium world and you want to be a player, you're going to need a portfolio and you're going to need hard rock and brine assets. And if I were you, I would be watching the stock price of Livent because is that market cap go increasingly gets depressed it's in a very attractive valuation and if i were you guys i would take a step back take a good look at livement and considering giving future podcast guest paul graves a call i i mean that i would i would agree with that assessment uh joe and um i had one more thing about west farmers and i'm just totally blanking on it so i guess it probably wasn't no Joe, what do you think it's going to be like for West Farmers to work with SQM? I have a lot of friends, but I guess less less so now than I, than six months ago at, at SQM. 
And, uh, and, you know, I was able to meet the new, the new chairman, uh, Mr. Salas, at, at the event in Perth. So shout out to you, Mr. Salas, if you're a listener. I think that, by and large, SQM is, a, is an iconoclastic organization. And I don't think they really want a strong partner. And I think West Farmers views themselves as having competencies that, that won't make them a silent partner. So I think that you have to look at this new relationship as is, is being potentially tempestuous is how I would refer to it. The storm is, is on the horizon, Joe. Um, it could be a cyclone over there in WA. We, but the only thing we know is it won't be a tsunami of lithium chemical. No one has ever done anything like this. That's why it's going to work. You're always a popular character in the press, Joe, I think because of some of your folksy sayings. The the soundbite that reverberated across the Australian press was the, Joe Lowry says the lithium industry needs $12 billion of investment. That's actually not my Aussie accent, but... Yeah, I, I, I'm know. hoping it's not. But listen, you're the best Crocodile Dundee since Crocodile Dundee. Oh, I might. $12 billion, I, I don't know. First of all, I mean, the, the question that, that nobody asked was, how did you come up with $12 billion? And, and basically, if you look at the capacity that's going to come on, there's, there's all sorts of places on the, uh, you know, capital intensity. Because, you know, what, what SQM is doing in Chile is very low from a capital intensity perspective because the pond's already being built. So it's, you know, there isn't, you know, don't try to oversimplify it by saying, okay, t- pick, a, pick the you know, can accord capital intensity average and then, you know, calculate out because the, the the model I use for that number is is pretty nuanced based on different players having different capital intensity levels and um so I mean that's that's a number. It's no number you do for something like that's exactly right. I think it's a fair number and I think the the, the real point is is we don't see it happening. No. We don't. And, and I think that the, the question that we all have to do some soul searching on is, is what happens if that money doesn't, you know, how, how much does each, you know, you're needing $12 billion to get to, uh, was it 800 and some? Well, yeah, it's, a, it's a little under, it's a little under a million. My number is not, well, I, I show in my new numbers, I show a supply being short of demand. My demand number is still less than Albemarle's and some others. My, my number in, in 2025 is less than a million, and my supply in 2025 is is not adequate for demand. And, I, you know, I think the other factor that I tried to tease out with people this week is that, you know, the, the whole all lithium is not created equal and that as battery becomes a larger and larger percentage of total demand, the ability to make battery quality becomes increasingly important. There's less and less base market to put off spec non-battery quality material into and that is increasingly going to be a problem it's also going to use up capacity as you know non-battery quality material needs to be upgraded so i mean there there's a lot of issues and you, you can't get it with one spreadsheet no with one number you need at least two spreadsheets <laughs> um, um <laughs> sorry yeah, I think I think that it's going to be interesting to look at, you know, as the time goes forward, how do we start handicapping the number based on lack of investment? Um, 
And I think that's, is there anything else? Or, I mean, wasted investment. Uh, you know, we, we had a slide that showed the empty glass, the glass a quarter full, and the, and the glass half full. And, you know, the it's not only the oversupply narrative that's, that's dampened the appetite for lithium investment. It's the failures of projects starting, you know, going back to RB Energy. Uh, you've got Namaska's continued woes. You know, you know, you have the fact that Oracobre is still not producing a majority of battery grade, if any. And, you know, those things have all hurt. You know, it, the, the message has become that lithium is hard. But, you know, that's that's my point. Keep Be mindful of all the failures because that's why there's not going to be oversupply. Huge on mindfulness at this podcast. Um, <laughs> we are the Brene Browns of... Lithium podcast. Wait, Joe, you can be Mr. Lithium. I could be the Lithium Buddha. One more thing for you, Joe. Just to, I would like to, maybe we, maybe the oversupply myth is still going to be floating around, but I think that we can do. We could probably close the book on the brine versus hard rock fake argument in this way. Joe, who are the top four producers of lithium, or who are your big four? SQM, Gangfen, Abelmarl, Tianchi. So, Ganfeng, tell me... Brian and Hard Rock. Uh, Tianchi. Well, the, the least diversified because their um, major asset is the best Hard Rock asset in the world, but their investment in SQM doesn't give them rights to the production, but they still have an investment in the best brine asset in the world. Uh, Albemarle. Albemarle's got the most diversified portfolio at this point in time. That's a nice thing that you said. And who did I leave off? SQM? SQM. SQM. Hey, they're in WA uh, with the uh, Kidman slash West Farmers relationship. And, you know, they are the kings of the Atacama. Yeah, so I think actually if you look back at the last year, six months, the some of the most high-profile and largest transactions in the lithium space were a brine producer going over to the hard rock or a hard rock producer crossing over to the brine. Well, that and that in in its essence is that right now the lithium industry is financing itself and they can't, we can't get to a million tons of supply in 2025 without more outside money. West Farmers would be a great first step at having that. But let's see what happens, and let, or let's see if somebody comes over the top. Well, Joe, if people want more Joe Lowry, where can they go? Oh, wait, wait a second. We were talking about a new rapid-fire question. If you could be a Pixar character... I feel like if I were the Pixar character, I'd be like that little paperclip that used to pop up when you'd open a Word document. They'd be like, hey, how can I help you on their Word document? You look like you're making a graph. I'd be like that pun, but after like uh, like, a, like a more dark version, like a like a drinking one that sad thing had happened to hey, I got one other, uh, almost an egregious uh, omission, is that, you know, we talked about the the swag we got yesterday, but we got some pretty darn good swag from Primero. We did, yeah. Are you kidding me? We want to shout out to Cam Henry. We got 
bags, we got hats and yeah, I'm gonna know. be I'm gonna be using that bag on, on many flights. It's a great like gym bag. It's it's nice, it's like a dark charcoal. It's a so nice one. Let's just say that Primera was probably created a swag arms race. I don't know, Livent's swag was pretty good, Joe. Livent was pretty good, yeah. But hey, you need more than one participant to have a race. That's true. Well, let's hope that they keep giving us stuff and remain detente, or keep okay. the, let the swag detente. And uh, so, if people want more of the Global Lithium Podcast, you can find us at www.lithiumpodcast.com. Uh, Joe, where can they find you on the Twitters? At Global Lithium. And I am at Lithium Podcast, and I promise to start tweeting stuff again after my month off Twitter with China. Uh, I'll get back in the game. And the podcast, the Global Lithium Podcast, is on iTunes, it's on Stitcher, we're trying to get it on Spotify. If you want to see it elsewhere, drop us a line, let us know. Um, where are we going to be next, Joe? I think we will next see each other in Santiago, Chile. And we June. have some baller uh, podcast guests lined up. A lot of really cool, really technical people that are experts on high-purity lithium, that are experts on solid-state battery tech. Uh, we might have a political guest. I don't want to give any spoilers, but it's going to be, I think, an exciting month for the Global Lithium Podcast. And with that, I think we can say good, good night, night and, and good, good luck. luck. This has been the Global Lithium Podcast with co-hosts Joe Lowry and Emily Hirsch. The podcast is edited by Elena Peach and produced by Joe, Emily, and Elena. You can find more episodes of the podcast at lithiumpodcast.com, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Joe or Emily or a suggestion for a future episode topic, please send an email to globallithiumpodcast at gmail.com. You've been living in a dream world, Neo.